Exodus chapter 4, if you'll look there, we're just going to do a little brief study here tonight, not get into a whole lot of discussion, I, I think. <clears throat> Moses and God have been having a conversation. God has called Moses to lead his people out of bondage in Egypt. Moses has not quite come to the place to where he's willing to say yes. But God continues to talk with him and Moses talking with God. And in chapter 4, it says, Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord has not appeared unto thee. Now God had told him to go back and go to the elders in Israel, in Egypt there, go to the Israeli elders, and to tell them that God had appeared to him. And then he was to go with them to confront Pharaoh about letting God's people go three days' journey out into the wilderness to sacrifice to God. Moses has an objection. His objection is, they will not believe me. They will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. They won't listen to what I have to say. And they will say, the Lord has not appeared unto thee. Well, how in the world do you prove that the Lord has appeared to you? That's a big question, isn't it? I've had the Lord to speak to me at several times down through my life, and I, I, I'm careful who I say that to, that the Lord spoke and told me something, because they, some people think God never speaks anymore. They think he's just gone deaf and dumb, you know, can't hear and can't talk. But God still speaks. God is still alive. He still moves in people's hearts. But still, that doesn't mean that everybody understands it. I've had people come up to me and say, well, how do you know it was the Lord that spoke to you? And this is my answer. The only thing I can tell them is, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they know me. That's the only answer I've got. I know the Lord's voice when he speaks. I'm going to be sheep. And I told one fellow one day, he said, I said, maybe you're not going to be sheep if you're not hearing from him. He didn't like that too well. But, well, what's the Lord say? How this conversation's going on. Verse 2, The Lord said unto him, What is that in thine hand? And he said, A rod. Moses had been a shepherd for 40 years. Shepherds carry a rod with them or a staff. Moses had his shepherd's crook, I guess you'd call it that, in his hand. I've heard preaching on this passage of Scripture. What's in your hand? God has put something in each of our hands in our lives, so to speak. 
that we can use for his honor and his glory. Moses said, A rod. God says, Cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground. And it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. Now get the picture here. Moses is standing there with that that stick in his hand. God says, throw it down on the ground. He throws it down on the ground and it turns into a snake. Moses did what I'd do. He ran from it. But God is showing Moses something here. The Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thine hand and take it by the tail. Now I'm not a snake handler. Are you? But I know enough about snakes to know you don't pick them up by the tail. If you're going to pick one up, you better get him right behind the head because that head will come around and bite you. But notice what happens. He put forth his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. Now there's a lot of speculation, a lot of things you can read about this, and a lot of good sermons, I'm sure, has been preached about that rod. I was reading today, and the word snake that we see here in our Bible or serpent, whatever you want to call it. This was uh, something in the Egyptians' language, and it, it told the word, and I can't pronounce it and can't remember it, but uh, this was something the Egyptian magicians did. We'll read about that when we get on over in there, those, those uh, tests that come up. They could turn a stick into a snake. And you remember what happened when the, their confrontation actually came up there that, that Moses' snake ate their snakes. But God has a reason for this. And you'll find it in verse 5. Why is God doing this? He, he answers that they, speaking about the Israeli people, that they may believe. Believe what? That the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared unto thee. God's going to use that to make the people believe that God has appeared to Moses. You remember how he appeared to him? Burning bush. Moses didn't see God in his body, but he saw the burning bush, and God was in the bush. Now, God's going to give Moses a couple other things he can do here. The Lord said furthermore unto him, Put now thine hand into thy bosom. And he put his hand into his bosom, and when he took it out, Behold, his hand was leprous as snow. I suppose he had on a robe or something of that sort. Anyway, he put his hand in there, pulls it out, and it's white as snow. Leprous. 
He said, put thine hand into thy bosom again. He puts it back in there. He put his hand into his bosom again and plucked out his bosom. And behold, it was turned again as his other flesh. Now God's going to use these things to astonish his own people so that they will believe that he has spoken to Moses and that he's leading Moses and he's, he's put Moses in that position of leadership for them. But God throws in another one here just in case. It shall come to pass if they will not believe thee, neither hearken to the voice of the first sign, that they shall believe the voice of the latter sign. And it shall come to pass that if they will not believe also these two signs, neither hearken unto thy voice, that thou shalt take of the water of the river, the Nile River, and pour it upon dry land, and the water which thou takest out of the river shall become blood upon the dry land. Three things that God gives him there as signs. Some people would call it miracles. Whatever God was working through it. God's the one turned his hand leprous. God is the one that made it look whole again. He'll be the one that will turn the water into blood when it's poured out. God's going to use all of these things because later on you're going to find that when they talk to Pharaoh about letting God's people go, Pharaoh says, Who is God? I don't know him. And God's going to show him who he is. That's, that's the whole purpose of all of these things right here concerning Egypt. That God shows Pharaoh and the Egyptian people who he is. He tears down every one of their idols, every one of their gods. That's what the, the uh, plagues are all about, is destroying their gods. Now, Moses is still not convinced. I'm having to watch this clock over here. My watch says 25 minutes till 4. It has said that all afternoon. Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. What excuse do you use? We all have our excuses, don't we, when it comes to God? Heard a story one time about a man in church. <clears throat> he had a stuttering problem. He couldn't hardly talk to anybody because he stuttered so badly. But the church had a little project going on and they were selling Bibles to raise money for some trip or something of that sort. And this guy comes up to the pastor after the service on Sunday and he says, Pastor, could I have five of those Bibles? Well, the pastor gives him five Bibles. He comes back the next Sunday. Pastor, could I have ten of those Bibles? 
Well, the pastor gives him ten. He comes back the next week and, Pastor, can I have 15 of those Bibles? The pastor said, I, I won't ask you. He said, how, how are you selling so many of those Bibles? He said, well, Pastor, said, I walk up to somebody and I say, you, you want to buy a Bible or you want me to read it to you? <laughs> I think Moses was kind of like that. But you see, God can use you no matter what your handicaps are. Look at verse 11. The Lord said unto him, Who has made man's mouth? Who made your mouth, Moses? Who makes the dumb or the deaf or the seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? I've known handicapped people that just bless your socks off. They were such servants of the Lord. I preached First Baptist Church in New Tazewell one Sunday morning and they had a man there, young man, who had Down syndrome. And he helped take up the offering. And his job was to carry the offering plates back down to the table and stack them on the table. He was so meticulous at that. And that morning, the choir director said, we have a, a special today. He said, Eric is going to play the bongo drums for us. I don't think anybody there other than the choir director and his family knew that he could play those things. But they had stained glass windows kind of like the ones we have here. And he'd sit there and play on those bongo drums and he'd look up at Jesus and just smile. And he'd say, I'm playing this for you, Jesus. And I tell you what, I've never been so blessed in all my life. I had a tie on that morning. And it had a picture of Jesus walking on the water. And I went over to congratulate him and to tell him how much I appreciated his playing. He picked that tie up in his hand and looked at it. He said, that's beautiful. I just pulled it off and hung it around his neck. He cried like a baby. His mama said, you shouldn't have done that. And I said, listen, lady, you, money can't buy the blessing. And I got given that tie to him. God uses people that are handicapped. God uses people that can't talk plain. God uses people from every walk of life Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. Just going to read this, and you'll pick up here next week. He said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. 
If I might put that in my language, I think Moses said to God, I'm not your man, send somebody else. But look at verse 14. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. You'll find in the Bible twice, I believe, where God got angry at Moses. Here's one of them. The other one really cost him. But you see, when we don't do what God tells us to do, when we make excuses, we're pushing God to the point He may just get angry at us. And I don't know about you, but I don't want God angry at me. I'd rather have His smile than to have His frown. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for the privilege that we, you've given us tonight to come to meet together and just look at the Word of God for a few minutes and to share prayer concerns and pray and to conduct your business. Now, Father, as we come to you tonight, we just want to thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for using us, Lord, even though we're imperfect. Lord, you can take someone like us and make something beautiful out of us. Thank you that you care about us. In Jesus' name we pray.